0: Good morning everyone. It is June 29th, 2022. We've got a great show for you this morning. Good morning, Tyler. How you doing?
1: Morning. I'm I'm doing uh I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. We're going we have a uh, I think we have a pretty great show today. We're going to look at uh how Felico, how we can use Felico data to to look at uh dollar sensitive assets. Uh the dollar's been pretty important in in this Fed hiking cycle in terms of, you know, dollar up has been has been pretty painful for risk. So we're going to look at you know what what we can we can kind of uh, see from our data between the next
0: one and twelve weeks. Absolutely. So for those of you who haven't joined us before, Tyler and I are um, working in a company called Synorai. We made a product called Folico, and what we do is we build a whole bunch of artificial intelligence powered engines that crunch in everything we call open source data, which is everything you could find from doing some really good Google searches on the internet, but on steroids, right? So we take millions and millions of different data points from what people are saying. We crunch that with the most sophisticated natural language processing engine on the world, or in the world, uh, and then we use that intelligence to make stock market predictions. We make predictions in FOLICO on a one day out through 12 week basis. Right. And then comparing that trend of where we expect a company stock to go, it gives us a really good understanding of what's happening in the market. So for today, we're going to dive deep into what this says about all the assets that are deeply entangled with the dollar and the value of the dollar and what that means for everyone's portfolios going forward. It's going to be a great show. But first, I want to get a little bit of the market feeling of today. What's what's going on today, Tyler?
1: Well, we, we
0: just we just gave back uh, in in equity indices futures.
1: um we had had some some lower than ex- expected uh, CPI data in Germany, which which had given us a, a you know a temporary push, but we're we're back red here. Um, you know across the indices, it looks like uh, you know QQQ just turned red as well to go with spy um, commodities. Like we're going to talk about later, uh, a little bit higher. Crude's back over one thirteen. Um, that's not necessarily something that we see as being a positive for for risk in general.
0: Gotcha. So Germany CPI lower, but then I, I hear uh, members of the Fed coming out and saying 75 still absolutely on the table.
1: I mean, yeah, they're 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 talking all that good stuff, especially now that they've they've transitioned away uh, from talking about outright rate levels and talking about wanting to turn real yields positive, which, uh, you know, I I think would be pretty painful for the market. And that would mean a willingness to hike uh the funds rate through the rate of inflation. That's not what our data says they're prepared to do. Um, So, you know, we can we can dive in.
0: Well, given how quickly they changed from 50 to 75 last week, just based on some data that came all of the sudden, I'm disinclined to believe their long term promises. I I don't know about you.
1: Yeah. and, And that's that'll ultimately be the question is after they get this initial adjustment behind them. You know, do they have the will to inflict, you know, what would be some some pretty some pretty substantial pain if they you know, decide that they don't care about some
0: of the knock on effects and just decide to, to to push through. So our forecast on dollar sensitive assets, then what does this mean for that? So it's, it's very interesting
1: because as we showed you yesterday, um, we came out with a with a net negative EM view. Um, you know, th- we saw some pockets of strength, but overall, um, when you look at the ETFs, we, we, uh, you know, aside from EWZ, we generally prefer to be short. Um, and that would be generally speaking, EM assets don't perform as well when the dollar rallying. Um, we actually see kind of a, a different story here, um, in our forecast and I'll bring them up. So this is, this is just a sampling from, uh some of the the commodity slash dollar sensitive ETFs. So this is gold miners, this is copper miners, steel companies, and then XME which is the metals and mining ETF which comprises of a lot of these that are above. Um, We have Alcoa here because I just want to show you something on on Felico later. Um, But what's interesting is we actually have some pretty decent performance in, in some of the gold mining stocks we see copper doing okay. Um, we see steel doing, you know, pretty, pretty well. We see a, you know, kind of a blue chip commodity in like Alcoa sideways to higher. So that to me kind of suggests that, you know, the fed's not going to, to be able to, to crush inflation or, or, or want to rather, you know, the, if, if inflation is, is kind of stuck at, say five and a half or six percent, I don't think they're hiking the funds rate six and a half percent. And that's what this data says. This data says that the Fed is not willing to completely stomp out inflation. Um, because if they were the forward performance of of these assets would be would be significantly
0: worse in my opinion. So what does that mean then for inflation going forward?
1: It means, well it could mean a lot. I mean there are a lot of different outcomes for inflation that that gets you this this output but to me it just kind of says yeah sure inflation will come back a little because the the components that can be controlled uh you know by on the demand side and and dampened by fed rate hikes will be controlled and it will push you know parts of inflation lower but there are other parts that you know are are not coming lower because either they're going to be a bit more sticky than we thought or Um, you know, they're supply side driven. So, you know, to me, it it just kind of, it's a kind of a stagflationary, uh, you know, forecast and and asset allocation for for that uh, situation.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Right. So when it comes to these, we we have built a new set of um, uh, models that can do some understanding. So we can compare these indexes directly with each other or with the market. Uh, Tyler, I want to go over and take a look at exactly when you put all these numbers together and when you compare it with all the tickers on our coverage list, what exactly does that mean? Um, And how strong are the statistics leading us in one one opinion or the other? So, all right, I'm going to bring up my screen here. And here we have all the tickers under gold for copper and for steel. Uh, and then just this was uh, yesterday's show on emerging markets Um, so I was just taking a look at that and what we can do here uh, is put in the uh, all the gold tickers and compare that first we're going to compare that with the stock market just in general so I want to show you what this is going to look like so these are going to be p-values and you can um, there's something called a null hypothesis uh, for this test where you, you decide your confidence level. You can have an alpha or a confidence level of 0.1 or 0.05 if you want to be really certain of an out- outcome. But in essence, what you're saying is this first hypothesis is that gold stocks are going to end up lower than the rest of the market. Okay. Uh, here, you can say gold stocks are going to end up at about where the rest of the market is going to be. And then finally, that last hypothesis is that gold stocks are going to end up being better than the rest of the market. So if we end up lower than 0.05 on this, um, uh, that means that we believe, uh, or the data is showing, uh, that it is consistent with this hypothesis right here. So... Um, and, and this is, I, I have just made this a little bit easier for those that are deep into statistics, what you're really doing with this is rejecting the null hypothesis and accepting the alternative. I've made it a little bit easier to understand by saying the alternative is that it's gonna be less, the alternative is that it's gonna be equal and greater. So what we show here is a fairly strong confidence that gold stocks are gonna be performing better than the rest of the market, right? So this is at the alpha 0.05 level, uh, meeting that alternative hypothesis. Uh, So there's strong statistical significance to show that gold stocks doing better. What's cool about this though, is that we can introduce, um, we can compare these two things directly with each other. So we can say gold versus copper. So if you're thinking I wanna get into one versus the other, which one should I go after? And so what this shows here is a, we don't have enough data, right? Remember before we were comparing what is this about 10 tickers uh, with roughly 1100 tickers and that gave us enough data to be fairly confident about the what we were seeing now. Oh, and let me zoom in here and make sure everyone can see my screen. Um, when we compare just 10 with three different tickers, it's going to mean a lot less data, but the the um, level of the uh, numbers is still going to be informative. So us saying that gold is going to have a weaker trajectory than copper is our strongest hypothesis here. So copper, in other words, being the better performing set of assets uh, than say gold directly. If we put in steel, uh, what we show here is steel being the best better, uh, like significantly better performer uh, than steel or steel being better than gold Uh, and now. Let's have a, a winner's circle here. Copper versus steel. Uh, looks like steel is winning out, Tyler. Does that make sense? So, um, hey, any any questions? Uh, we do have uh, the ability to come in and answer questions. So we we if you have any questions, feel free to drop them in the chat. We can answer those live for you here. Um, but uh, that's what the numbers are showing us. Uh, pretty strong conviction. If we do hear just steel versus the rest of the market look at that very very strong conviction that it is equal to or greater than how the rest of the market will perform uh so that shows me that in that sector we're seeing something pretty significant
1: yes and so if you know First of all, I think, you know, we're the only people looking at relative strength like this, you know, pre-market, um, this is, this is like, you know, I, I referred to it as, uh, as RSI on speed yesterday. Um, you know, what we're doing basically, like it's, uh, you know, the, the, this ability to look at different sectors and differentiate is, is I think pretty important. And and I think, you know, certainly very powerful. So to show you what we want to do with that, then, uh, Cliffs and U.S. Steel would be our favorite names on the list, given the analysis that that we just did. Um, we see we see Cliffs, you know, up up thirty, you know, almost thirty one percent in uh, in twelve weeks. So that's that's some pretty chunky upside there. Um, you know, like we said, we we do see some decent performance in some of these other pockets, but given the analysis we just did, I think you know far and away you want, you ought to be focused in, in here.
0: Interesting. So copper and steel doing better than gold systemically. What does that tell us then?
1: It's interesting because I would expect in a, a risk off, you know, negative growth scenario that we would see, you know, copper lower gold, you know, flat to higher and, you know, Steel could go, you know, any, either of those direct, you know, I could, I could draw you up different, different scenarios where Steel's higher and lower, you know, with, with either of those, but it's, it's interesting because that actually is a bit more positive than, than I actually thought we would find, um, you know, given our overall bearishness and in, in risk in general, um, you know, I, I actually would have expected some, um, some more weakness in in the copper stuff especially you know uh the last you know last 30 years i think every every recession has been has been uh you know uh has followed a a bear market in copper so that that would be the kind of thing i would expect is if if we're going to get a a true recession and and you know follow on in this bear market as a result of this recession i would have actually expected uh, negative, negative, uh, copper performance, which actually isn't what we're seeing here. So that's, that's interesting. And it does kind of point to, um, you know, we are on the, in the beginning of, of turning back constructive on risk. I I think, um, you know, we, we got long biotech last week. Um, we had mentioned, we're looking for lows and fangs sometime in October. So maybe, maybe this suggests that things, things do start to change, um, you know, but but you know, just by our forecasts, it kind of looks like a stagflationary, you know, be long commodities situation
0: to to me. Mm. So we got a question from AI powered swing trader. Any nickel considerations for growth?
1: Yes, but more. I would say that's that's more uh, in terms of like energy and and fuel. Um, you know, when I think of nickel, I think more of like you know, Tesla and and things like that, as opposed to, um, you know, traditional
0: oil, copper, you know, growthy commodities, if if that makes sense. Hmm. All right. So now you were saying something we were, we were talking a little bit yesterday as we were doing some research and prepping for today's show. Um, you were talking about China uh, and its relationship with copper. So what does that tell us?
1: Well, I mean, so basically, you know, China is one of the, if not the marginal buyer of copper. So they, if they're buying, the price is going up, generally speaking, You know, their their, their demand or therefore lack of, um, you know, has a, has a very large input or imprint on the market. Um, you know, and it's been performing terribly lately. And that kind of makes sense because China's locked down. Um, so you really kind of need to see what happens when the lockdowns uh you know are lifted how does copper perform if, if copper keeps falling after the lockdowns are lifted that would be an interesting signal to me um but i, I think we're going to kind of have to wait and see every uh, there's a lot of of this macro picture that is wait and see on what happens when when you know as lockdowns start to lessen um what happens with demand what happens with the ability to increase supply um And that's, you know, a large amount of this betting on, you know, will they, won't they inflation is how you think uh, the global asset markets are going to react to, you know, the biggest country in the world. Just flipping back online, for lack of
0: a better term. Fair enough. So you had mentioned that you wanted to go a little bit deeper into Alcoa. What are we seeing with Alcoa then?
1: Yeah, so this one. I think this one's very cool. I think, so this to me is, let's see, did I do it? This to me is is the power of Felico. Um, so we have, we have Alcoa stock, which is, you know, they, they just left that thing for dead since, I mean, you know, the market in general since early June has, has stunk, but they really have just, you know, beaten up some of these commodity stocks um and you'll see that here but what we are seeing is earnings power never got earnings power never agreed with that move lower and in fact is starting to move higher here you know across across some time frames um you know turning positive so we have earnings in 16 days here this is one of the best examples of when I talk about like bullish or bearish earnings divergence. This is what I'm talking about. Um the the earnings power has completely gone a you know, an entirely different direction. Um these things usually, you know, track somewhat. So when 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 it gets lost like this, it usually means an a, you know, a pretty explosive move is coming. So this is something I definitely 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 want to monitor um, you know, going into the next 2 weeks because if if we don't get any any adjustment higher in the stock you know that might be a nice
0: earnings bet mm. we do have another question uh very firm copper price ahead despite recent drop what can folico say on this uh, this element that
1: can you put it up on the screen so i can read it
0: yeah, so we actually have another user uh, showing it to us. I'm I'm wondering why we're actually not getting that question directly in in this uh, chat streamer, but uh, this is from Troy Ed who is passing on a message from Codelco.
1: I mean, yeah, I I think you know we we tend to to be on the side that uh, you know, especially given our given our forecast and some of these copper stocks that um you know copper is going to at least stabilize somewhat um it's been in, in a pretty decent freefall copper and all the copper stocks for the last um i'm just checking i don't remember what curiosity i was looking at but i saw a lot of red bars in the chart yeah i mean you know i look at fcx which is a big copper miner that's just gone straight down since the 7th of june um so, you know, I, I do I do tend to agree that, that we have a snapback on the way there. Um, you know, a, a lot of people are already pointing to the copper price falling, which means it's most likely to stop falling,
0: at least, you know, while everyone's staring at it.
1: Um, so is that
0: is that then to do with the um Chinese lockdown?
1: Yes. I mean, yes, as as I mentioned, the whole thing's basically a bet on, you know how much demand will change for growthy commodities and and industrial commodities, you know, with with them back all the way online.
0: Now, there's been uh, forecasted since, uh, what, 2017, that there's going to eventually be a huge housing crash in China. Um, I, I know construction there is just incredible, right? Like a significant portion of all the world's construction is happening in China. I imagine that's what's really bringing in a lot of this copper. Um, if there is that housing crash in China, do we start to lose that correlation between copper prices and Chinese construction, uh, or what's what's the story there? Yeah, I would. I, yeah, I would. I would definitely think so. But
1: you know, there are so many different levers they can pull. So many. Uh, different financing schemes available to, to make sure that, you know, they're able to offload the the risk. Um, it, it could happen, but it's just one of those things that, you know, will happen all at once when nobody's looking as opposed to, you know, the longer you stare at anything, the less likely it is to happen. I think, you know, th- this is one of those things where, yeah, I'm sure, you know, is there a scenario in our lifetime where we wake up one day and it just happened? Yeah. But like, you know it it won't be while anybody's you know looking for it. That's if I've learned you know one thing in the markets, it's stuff moves when people stop looking at it, you know, to move to that direction. So
0: you know that's that's kind of how I think about that. We have a question in right now from Coldheart. Coldheart says steels have hit lows right now in some Asian markets. Would there be a chance for it to rebound in the long term, looking at steel has overtaken golden US markets, as you said? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I don't think steel is
1: overtaken gold in terms of you know their functions. Steel is is still uh, a a commodity, lar- You know, um, there's lots of it, right? It's it's not a it's not a precious metal. It's just a, a simple commodity metal. So I, I I don't want you know us to be heard as saying. You know, buy buy steel instead of gold. No, it's it's two different things. We just think the steel stocks are going to outperform. That being said, though, um, you know we have some pretty bullish forecasts on U.S. steel, which is ticker X. Um, we have that up 28% in the next uh, 12 weeks, and we also have uh, ticker CLF up about 31% in the next 12 weeks. So, if if you were looking to to play a, a rebound in steel. Uh, those are our best ideas.
0: Hmm. Excellent. Tyler, I think this uh, sets us up for a pretty good understanding. Um, and I think we're actually pretty good to go for today. Um, this has been Folico Live. Uh, you can join us every morning at 830 a.m. Monday through Thursday. I do want to let our audience know or start letting you know Um Next week, we're going to be out for 4th of July. That's Monday. Markets will be closed anyway. So we're going to be doing our weekly earnings roundup next Tuesday uh, on July 5th. I believe that is July 5th next Tuesday, right? Yes. Um, So join us July 5th for our weekly earnings roundup where we're going to be going through uh, that week's earnings reports and what we expect. Uh, on them and uh, join us then. Also on Friday, you're not going to want to miss it. We do our weekly report card show where we're going to go through every prediction that we've made throughout the week and give ourselves a grade on whether or not we hit the mark uh, and how we're going to be changing the models to improve the mark for anything that we did miss. Um, And then we do have a question here before we close out. Rush to Vish is asking, are we going to have a session on health factors? I think this is a great idea. So actually next week is education week for us. Uh, where we're going to be releasing some recorded segments on exactly how Folico works, what these health factors are. And that way, in our shows going forward, we'll be able to uh, reference those educational pieces to anyone that's newly joining the show. So if you're wondering, how do I use management? What has been the historical performance of having a management-based portfolio uh, in our health factors? Uh, we're going to go deep on all of that. Uh, tune in next week. Uh, Tyler's going to be queuing things up. He's going to go through what the markets are saying and things like that for a few minutes. And then he's going to be going right into some educational sessions on what these health factors are, how they're built, how to trade on them, uh, and what the historical performance of trading on them has been. So you're not going to want to miss it next week, 8.30 a.m. Tuesday through Thursday with report cards on Friday. uh, And then we'll be back really soon. So thank you everyone for joining. Uh, Folico is live now for subscription, so head on over to www.cinerai.com, uh, and we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you all.